welcome everyone to the very latest Bolt from the Blue podcast. It was a game against the Bees. We needed to win it, and win it we did, although it was a bit dodgy. And also, remember, they did the double over us last last uh, last time out. And uh, it's interesting that we've got with us uh, Bernard Deneen. Bernard, how are you doing? I'm wonderful, mate. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realise if they'd beaten us last night. That would be the, the first time Pep had been beaten three times consecutively by a manager so uh, uh, or a team. Uh, so I thought that was... Uh, uh, I was dreading that when it kicked off, and uh, for about what about sixty minutes of it, I wasn't overly sure, but uh, event we got there eventually. Uh huh. Indeed. And uh, let's start off, uh, Bird, as always, uh, with the lineups. Anything surprise you here? Did you get them all right? Did you tick all the boxes? <laughs> I got nine. I got nine out of eleven. I mean, he made four changes to the Burnley game. Uh, I was a bit surprised Stones he didn't start. Um, I thought. The fact he's only just come back, um, I would have thought he'd, he'd be there. But obviously, Pep's jiggling about with his defence. He put got Walker back in, and of course uh, Diaz. So uh, I think Stones was the obvious, probably the obvious one to miss out. So I was a bit disappointed because I had him in my team. And the other one I didn't have in, of course, um, I had Doku. Uh, Doku played in this for Alvarez. So mm-hmm. that was the change to the two changes to my what I thought the eleven was. The eleven on the night was Edison Walker, Diaz, Aki, Gvardiol, Rodri, Bernardo, Kevin, Alvarez, Foden, Haaland. A good strong bench as, as you'd expect with a full squad. Ortega, Stones, Kovacic, Grealish, Doku, Akanji, Nunes, Bob, and Lewis. Yeah, do you want me to flick through the Brentford eleven? Yep, let's yeah. do that and also point out any danger men. Um, well, yeah, I'll give you the, the first one. The first one's a danger man, mate. Flecken. I mean, yeah. <laughs> where did he get that performance from? I've seen I've seen some videos of Flecken, Flecken and he's a, he's a bit of a, not a joke goalkeeper, but he makes some big, big mistakes. I thought he did very well. Anyway, we'll talk about him, obviously. Uh, Flecken, Pinnock, Norgard, Mope, obviously, is always a, a lively character, isn't he? Jensen... Regulon, I quite like him actually. Me, he seems. I thought. I think me's about forty-two, isn't he? Seems to have been around forever. <laughs> of course, the the big danger man, Mister Tony. Um, not pacey, but he's very dangerous. Collins, Janelt, and a guy I don't know too much about, Ruislev. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ivan Tony is um, probably what m- many people regard as their danger man. He was obviously out for a lot of months in some kind of betting scandal that you can read about if you're interested do at all. Do you think now he's back, Mike? I know, that, I know they're only, what, three points ahead of Everton in the third relegation spot, but do you think Ivan Tony, based on what you saw last night, uh, Ivan Tony and that team will be OK? I think he would be, but I think he, um, he, he's he got an extra... Um, extra arrow in his, his skill set, as it were, and he blocks people off mm. um, when he's not scoring himself. So he was definitely a danger man, and he did exactly that in this game. Yeah, we'll, but, talk, um, we'll talk about the obstruction in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Do we not have that rule anymore in football? Is it, is it something <laughs> that goes back to the 70s and 80s, obstruction? Have they, have they took it out of the referee's agenda now? I think they have done it. I remember... <laughs> I remember being called uh, called for obstruction a lot of times whenever I was a kid. The ball and you're blocking another another player. I mean, I might be wrong, but I think that's called obstruction. <laughs> I think you're right, but now it is a very value, highly valued skill, Bernard. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't let, even see that often on half end on a Sunday afternoon, <laughs> mate. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> well, let, let's talk about the, the period before the shocking um, Brentford goal. It was, the, the, it, there were some wonderful efforts, weren't there? And there the, a couple from Al, uh, Alvarez, there was one from um, Vardiol a little bit later, but one from Kyle Walker that I thought would have been <laughs> like uh, rocketing around orbit and he managed to get his head over it and uh, it was a good effort too. But that goalkeeper is theirs. My goodness, it was like, you know, the reincarnation of Gordon Banks, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, if someone, I think it's a guy called Amos Murphy. You might have seen him. He does a lot of, uh, I've done a, done a couple of uh, vlogs many years ago with him and he does he does stuff now uh, in the media. I think he's one on, on big one of the big city channels, Amos Murphy. And uh, he did it. He put up a picture of Lev Yashin, the old Russian goalkeeper, <laughs> with all his scores, like a, you know, a card, the cards they have with 95 rating for this and such and such a thing. And obviously, I put up a picture and put put his name over it, the uh, Brentford <laughs> keeper's name over it, because uh, yeah, I mean, flecking. I mean, I've never, I mean, I've never heard of him. I saw, I saw a YouTube video today. Where he was stood in the back of the net as a goal went in, I don't know if it was a parody. I don't know if it was made up. I have no idea. But it's as though he got his positioning totally wrong. Instead of being stood on the line, he was actually three yards behind the line in the goal. And this is this this supposedly with this keeper. As I said, I'm I'm getting old now. I couldn't I couldn't recognise his face whether it was him or not. But uh, yeah, I, I believe from listening to people, he's not got the greatest reputation. No. as a goalkeeper. And to be honest with you, I, I'm not going to say there were spectacular saves. I'm going to say that probably the best one was Walker's, actually, because I don't think he saw it till very late. Mm. He got across very well for it. But, I mean, he had to save him. Uh, simple as that. You know, perhaps another, another foot or two either way, and perhaps we could have um, uh, scored a goal. But, no, he, he was flinging himself left and right, and he was enjoying himself. And I think he only made – I think the first mistake he made was when he sort of fumbled a, a Phil Foden one, didn't he, towards half-time, where he sort of just fumbled it and it sort of trundled past the post. But, uh, yeah, all credit to the guys. He's not their regular keeper, I don't think. Is that right, Mike? I don't think he's their regular guy, is he? No, I don't think so. And um, I, I think uh, the name uh, Flecken is not on everyone's lips. Um, I must. Have, I did. I did say flecking Eck a lot. You know, flecking <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but um, you know, until the um, let's call it the setback. You know, which happened um, with uh, Neil uh, Mope. Um, I thought we were brimming with confidence. Obviously, yeah. the stats were as you'd expect. City over seventy percent possession. Uh, we were like banging in shots left and right from outside uh, the penalty area. Um, City looked uh, totally in control, and it seemed to be a matter of time. And then you got the the root oneiest of root one goals that you'll ever see. Uh, can you tell us about that one? Have you ever done that when you were a goalkeeper, Bernard? Just like like hoofed it straight on. Uh, to the, uh, we're, talking, we're talking Sunday League 30 years ago, mate. That was <laughs> standard practice <laughs> to, to hoof it uh, all the time. So until we got quite good and then uh, we, we all think Pep playing out from the back is a new thing, isn't he? But it's not. I mean, I remember playing Saturday-Sunday football where I, as a goalkeeper, used to roll it out to defenders and we used to build it up because we were a good team. So, you know, it's not it's not new. It's just different. It's just the press and all this sort of thing's been added to it. But, uh, of course, we used to do that and when we played when we were rubbish I remember being rubbish and playing good teams and I was I was thankful because they used to play out from the back and I, I used to hate it when their goalkeeper just hoofed it 
into our half and it was a free-for-all. So I was always quite happy to play a good team because I like, I like teams who play football and it gave me a bit more time to think about what was going on in front of me. So uh, that, that was the, the best thing about it. But I think what disappointed me, it's not particularly the Aki thing. As I said, I, I think... He was he was done over. He was certainly done over there. I'd, I'd say, I, for, as far as I'm concerned, that was obstruction. He wasn't going for the ball. It was just taking Aki out. So it should have been pulled back for that. But we had four other defenders. There was a line of five defenders. So I'm not, you know, Aki's got a little bit of stick, but you can't blame Aki for that. What are the other four guys doing? Because all they did, all they did was let let Mope run through. Uh, I think Gavardial was the nearest one. To yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, we, we'll question his defending. We all, we have done since he came, but he, you know, we, any any left back and right back for Pep, he doesn't expect him to defend anyway. But I was just disappointed with the overall organisation uh, of that defence. For for there was five, we had five at the back, two of them, and they scored a goal. Uh, you know, it's just not good enough for me, man. I'm a bit disappointed. I'm hoping when they got back to the Etihad, I don't think they flew back or whatever, but I'm hoping that uh, you know the. They were in a. They were, they were kept in late to decide who, was, who the hell's fault was that because it's just you know it is basics of football. It's Sunday league stuff. You've got to mm-hmm. defend better than that. And the first shot for them on target, and and we're one nil down. Yeah, I mean, I, I do remember that whenever I was playing like uh, school football and college football or university football. I mean, that was the that was the signature move of the goalkeeper back in in, in those years. You know, because they were so little involved. In um, in build-up play, that when they got the ball, um, you know that's what they love to do. They love to be able to bounce it a couple of times and and kick it like as far as they possibly could, you know. And uh, the ones that got they the did score got a goal from a goal kick once. I did one year, one one season. Yeah, uh, very windy. Uh, it was the wind was behind me, but uh, yeah, it went over the goal. His head into the net. So I'm <laughs> quite proud of that. <laughs> exactly. Scored a, few, scored a few and have played out, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. as a goalkeeper, I just got the one. But it was just a, it was just a, a signature narrative that we've had so many times before. City well, dominating play. Is, though, Mike, I mean, Thomas Franks was quite open about how he was going to play. He told us. I mean, I I knew how he was going to play. We all knew he was going to try and keep uh, Rodri. He was going to try and get Tony or Morpe to sort of uh, backtrack and keep an eye on Rodri to stop him controlling the game. They were going to take. They were going to try and attack with set pieces and throw-ins. I mean, they were telling us basically what they were going to do. So it shouldn't have been any surprise uh, when all of a sudden the goal is launching it because he more or less told us that's what he's going to do and that was how they they could achieve uh, some modicum of uh, of you know, get get something against us. So I was a little bit surprised. I, I just thought we were a little bit naive uh, to start. And of course, Mr. Edison, I'm sure we'll touch upon him, but he had one of those nights when I, he, he gave me the jitters. He, he didn't quite know when to come and when not to come. And when he did, he had a laugh and took everyone out. But uh, yeah, um, I just don't think we set up correctly for perhaps what Thomas Franks had threatened or we didn't have perhaps we didn't have the personnel but as you said uh, before that goal uh, it looked as though it was how many we could score I know I know I, I think it's an interesting little mini discussion that that we, we've had before where one man's obstruction is another man's like skillful blocking uh, but that's the way all of the journalists went um, I don't know if you read a lot of the reports about this game they're actually giving um, uh, Ivan Tony a lot of credit for the way that he blocked off his man to allow this uh, passage of play to develop 
Um, uh, and, and you just bluntly called it out as uh, obstruction. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I don't think that exists anymore. If he's not going for a ball, the minimum it is is obstruction. The most it is is a foul. It's as, mm -hmm. it's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Well, there it was. Uh, were the you know I I guess our faces were completely covered in eggs. We were like one nil down, despite all of the 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 stats, and we had to like um, start from scratch all over again. But um, to be to be fair to City, um, we did kind of um, didn't let that get us down. We we kept striving away. Eventually got a reward, but it wasn't until the very dying moments of 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 um, added on time um, before we got uh, an equaliser, and um, it was your man, that kid, Billy Foden. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, I didn't think that he would go on and score a hat-trick, but let's talk <laughs> about this particular goal that got us level, Bernard. Yeah, it was actually, I think they had one good chance where Edison did his, headed it out, but he headed it to one of them, but fortunately we got away with that. Then we had a couple of chances. But of course, it was all to, all from an error, wasn't it? It, was, it wasn't the greatest header out from Pinnock in the right. box, if you remember. Now, yeah. we're, we do a few of those, and the City do those, but... Of course, Foden. It was just a, just reacts the quickest, doesn't he? I mean, he, he simply takes a little nudge of his chest with his, you know, obviously it was a good chest down, and he just poked it home. And of course, uh, poor Flecken uh, didn't have any chance whatsoever. And so, of course, apart from that, it didn't look as though we were ever going to beat him that first half. But to get a goal in the 48th minute, which is what it was, I mean, that that was classic. Really, uh, didn't give them, them any time to do anything about it. Their heads are down. And obviously, it gives us a launch pad then to to have a go for the second half. But uh, yeah, just so cool from Foden. Uh, he, he was just right, Johnny on the spot, wasn't he? He was just in the right spot at the right time. It is. Um, don't you think? Uh, I don't know if you feel this as well. You used to be a goalkeeper. I I used to be a left back. Phil Phil Foden is the kind of player that you would hate to play against uh, because he's just a keen little eager beaver with like like. Uh, a multi pack of Duracell batteries inside <laughs> him, and um, you just and, and not only that, just not not only the, the sort of like relentless driving forward, you've got the, these wonderful skills as well. And he's a uh, you know, a phrase I used in in the last pod for uh, Rodri as well, he's a dead eyed dick as well for being able to stick it right where you know the goalkeeper can't get to it. It was, um this this goal didn't particularly showcase that that, that particular shooting ability, but um, definitely Bernie's a player that you'd hate to play against, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly this season. I mean, I think he, he was interviewed after the match and he was quite happy with his performances this season. And he's had to step up, hasn't he, in the absence of KDB, of course. And we're all wondering now that KDB's back, what sort of role we're going to get. And I think I think we've been saying on various places that, uh, you know, there's no reason why City can't play a number eight and a number 10. And of course, uh, KDB and Foden fit that role perfectly, even though when I've looked at my team for Everton this week, I've, I've sort of ended up putting Foden more on a wing, on the wing again. But that's not where he wants to play. That's not probably where he's at his best. But I mean, he can do it like anything with a pep team. Sometimes you have to make sacrifices don't you as far as players positions are concer uh, concerned but uh yeah it's just so it's not like bernardo but it's just it's so tenacious isn't he you, you know you know he's only little they're not all these little guys you know i don't know how tall is he must be what five eight five nine i'm not too sure but he's got a reasonably low level center of gravity 
so mm -hmm. it allows him to, to do these little things in tight spaces sometimes that uh, someone like Big Lummox up front, Mr. Erling, can't do. Uh, and that's what uh, Phil does. A great player. And, of course, uh, we want to see more for England as well because internationally he's, he's underutilised, I think, by a certain rubbishy manager. And I think if he carries on like he's doing now, I don't think the uh, you know England uh, have got to see the best of him in a certain position as well. And Mr Southgate will have to learn how to, how to play him because he's one of the best talents we've produced for a long, long time. Yeah, I, I, do, I don't remember which pundit said it, um, but whoever it was was saying that the two absolute uh, nailed-on starters you should have in the England squad would be uh, Jude Bellingham and uh, Phil Foden. Yeah, and um, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. There was an interesting little comment just um, as we move into the second half that I thought you'd you'd be you'd quite like and be interested, Bernard, because I th I don't think that you would agree with it. I can I can actually hear you and Ray almost disparaging this, even as I say it. But um, someone said that they thought that they felt uh, Guardiola growing in confidence, and I was kind of thinking, well. Going forward, yeah, I, I, I can see that a little bit, but um, I'm not entirely sure about that in his all-round play. What would you say to a comment like that? Gavardiol is a very, very talented player. Well, don't get me wrong, I think he is. The trouble is, is he, he's not a defender and he's not quite a forward. Uh, so really, what is he uh, at the moment? I think back to Cancelo playing, playing on the, as a full-back. And what he could do when he first when he first started off, and he was superb at times. Let's be honest. Let's not beat about the bush. He was quality. He was at times, and of course, he didn't couldn't keep that up uh, for whatever reason, whether formation change or whatever. But I think Gavardio. I mean, uh, we didn't touch upon it in the first half there, but there's one there's one classic one where he made he made a superb move. He, he got up to the the left hand side, got a ball from KDB, and Harlem was in the middle now. It was that, as I said, I think I said last week, wasn't it, about this one four seven break? It's like getting the one forty and missing the black at the end. And he was he was put through by KDB superbly. You could imagine, I could just picture Cancelo in a similar sort of position, and Cancelo might have either put it in the net or crossed perfectly for Ireland. Now, Gavardio sort of didn't do either. He didn't. His shot it was so poor. It just went towards a corner flag, and you couldn't tell whether he was trying to shoot or find Harland. And that's the problem with Gavardio. Now, as I said, he's a cracking player. I mean, playing the simple stuff. If Pep wants him to recirculate it, I'm sure he can. He can play that all day. But when it comes to the, uh, you know, as a as a creativity point, like like Walker to some extent, we've always criticised his creativity. He's going to produce something now and then. But Gavardio, we're not seeing that final end product, and. Uh, as I say, I've no doubt about his talent. Pep believes he's got a talent, but what I'm, what I'm confused by with Pep is he's playing him all the time. What? What? This is his first season. What is, is Pep? Is Pep under some sort of contract to have to play him? He doesn't seem to want to to drop him. He seems to want to play him every game, which is good because obviously it keeps him up to pace. But it's his first season, and as we all know. There's not many players that come into the City team perform to the to the best in the first season. So I, I don't think he should be playing as often as he is. But yes, he's got talent, but he's got to be given time. He's got he's got to be nurtured into it. And I think I think Pep's putting a lot on him at the moment. I just don't, I think he's misjudging things. You know, when it gets when it gets to the to the crunch, I just think he's mis, misjudging certain things. He could have, he had a, he could have had a couple of goals last night, a couple of good shots. He had a couple of wayward ones as well. You know, but. Uh, 
I'm confused with Guardiola. I, I have no doubt his qualities, uh, but at the moment, I just think we're not utilising as you know we shouldn't be utilising as much as Pepe's. I think he should be taking it like. This week, I put him in my team again for Everton that I've done predicted. But I think, really, I've only done that because I know Pep will probably put him in. I think I think he should be rested this week, but uh, Pep doesn't yeah. agree, obviously. I think it's, um, uh, to be fair to him, I think it's classic uh, first season with Pep syndrome. Mm. You know, because we don't actually really know which spot uh, he would nail down, whether it would be left-back, well, I speak, know a lot of people. To another gentleman today, and he said, "Well, the fact that we know Pep can play a, a left winger and put him back at you know Navas. There's about Navas when he played defence. That's what Pep does. I mean, but do, would would uh, Grealish give us any less if he played him in a Guardiola role? Would he give him give us any less defensively or up? up he might he might be slightly better up front, Grealish. So you know, speaking to another gentleman we know very well off off uh, on something else today about it. And yeah, he's quite right. You know, Grealish." You know, obviously, he's gone way down the pecking order. Could you know? But as Pep just decided, well, this is this is the future. <laughs> this this is the future. This is what we're going to be eventually. So I'm going to do this because uh, I'm at, even Gomez. Even I think even Gomez could play the role Guardiola's playing. All right, Guardiola's neat and tidy. But you know, as far as them products concerned, you know, all right, Gomez doesn't get much of a chance these days, does he? But. Uh, I'm just confused by it, uh, but yeah. I have no doubt whatsoever that Gavardiol is, is a cracking... I mean, I, we always... Well, me and Ray used to bang on about him being played centre-half, didn't we? I want to see him play centre-half rather than left-back, but uh, uh, Pep, Pep wants him as a left-back and a forward-thinking left-back, so hey, we, we, have to, we have to go with it, don't we? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not the only one. Mateus Nunes is another one where yeah. you can see all the potential there, yeah. but just he, he's got to um, find his... You know, writers finding their voice. She's got to find it somewhere. Either finds it or they go, they, like Cancelo, they go. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I think with, in Cancelo's um, uh, case, it was more to do with the fact that he was just very gobby when he didn't get in the team. <laughs> but um, anyway. Yeah, Gvardiol, uh, I mean, he, he, looks, he looks just... As though he wouldn't say boo to a goose, doesn't he? He just—he doesn't look, even though he's a big lad, he, he doesn't look as though he, he can. I've not really seen him getting involved in any real scuffles. He just—he just sort of smile has a smile on his face most of the time. So uh, mm -hmm. that beard, he's, that bushy beard he's got, but uh, he, he seems like a like a nice lad. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> well, now at halftime, obviously we've got an equaliser. It's one-one. Um, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I felt that we would go on and sco uh, score more. I, I just didn't know if, uh, if if we could keep Brentford out as well on the counter-attack. Were you expecting any substitutions um, at half-time? I, I no. know that it's um, it's a big call uh, to think that Pep's going to do anything like that, but, you know. I mean, was anyone, was anyone playing uh, that bad that we needed to sub, Mike? I mean, I thought... Apart from the, we couldn't really sub the defense unless you brought someone like a Kanji on uh, to cope a little bit better. But what, what he wouldn't have really offered much more than what we had on the pitch. It was just an organisation problem, I think, wasn't it? Rather yeah, than, uh, you know, I think it's uh, not necessarily a case. Try and keep tight and get and nick a couple of goals. That was, that was the aim of it. Because in that first half, every time every time they had a corner or a free kick or a throw in, 
I was a nervous wreck. If you, you look how they yeah. were lining up as well, this zonal marking that we talk about and have a go at, which we don't particularly like, uh, certainly me and Ray didn't. I'm not sure. I think don't think you're overly impressed, Mike. But if you looked at the corners, it was like six City players. Uh, near the front post, and then it seemed to be like about four or five surround uh, Brentford players surrounding Edison. It didn't, it, didn't see, it didn't seem to be any City players at the back, so I was just panicking every time they had a corner because once it gets over our boys at the front, you know, all the, all the bees are at the back ready to sting us. So it was, uh, I was a bit confused. But I think for the second half, I don't, I don't think uh, Pep had to change too much. Uh, I don't think he did, did he? I think we got a, go a goal early on, so that sort of settled us down as well. I think. Well, I think that's what we're going to talk about next because it was about probably eight, seven, eight, nine minutes into the uh, the second half when we got um, our second goal, and it was Phil Foden, that man again. He's yeah. got he's got the Midas touch at the moment. Uh, I would say him and Alvarez have been, um, you know, two of our drive driving uh, forces, and we've now gone. I think it's nine games now in all competitions. Yeah, that um, includes a couple of uh, World Club things, doesn't it as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I tell you what, both of those players, uh, Foden and Alvarez, have got one thing in common. They've got the kind of resume and uh, collection of medals at such a young age. It's <laughs> like, you know, where do you go from there? It's like, you know, apart from the World Cup, um, you've kind of done everything um, uh, by that age. But anyway, let's talk about this, um, this uh, second goal for City. Tell us a little bit about that, Bernard. Yeah, Fle oh, Flecker was getting a bit of stick for this, actually, from uh, certain people. But I think uh, it was KDB, obviously, a, a beautifully another assist from our hero, of course, KDB, who's, who still leads certain charts, even though he's been out half of the season. Uh, it was a, it was just a typical KDB. All right, Foden got himself into spare. I don't know where the marking was. I'm not too sure. But I don't think I think the goalkeeper's on a hiding to nothing with that sort of thing because when it's a sort of glancing header, I mean, it didn't. It's not one of those headers that looks dynamic. If you look at uh, shots of it, you know, still shots of it, it looks a bit clumsy. It it wasn't the the, the best glancing header in the world. And the trouble is, the goalie isn't, doesn't know where it's going to go. It, you know, like anything, it's, it, more so with a header perhaps than a boot. It just sort of you know, left, depending on the shape of your head, it could go anywhere. But he glanced it superbly. He did get a hand on it. Perhaps the fact that he got a hand on it—that's why people are saying he should have done a little bit better. But yeah, all you have to do as a as a player is get you all right. Phil isn't going to think right. I'm going to stick this right in the corner. He's just concentrating on getting his head on it and getting it goal bound. And uh, we don't see many Phil Folden headers, do we? I don't think. I'm not, no. sure. <laughs> <laughs> not sure how many he scored. He's, you know, the Phil a bit like KDB headers. They're, they're a rarity in themselves. So uh, yeah, it was great and. As I said, perhaps, perhaps the keeper may have done better, but I think the keeper's on a hiding to nothing. He has, he has to react, and it was going at a fair pace off KDB's boot, of course, so that helps, yep. of course. Uh, if, if perhaps Phil had got more on it, it would have slowed it down and, and made it easier for the keeper, but as a glancing header, it, it's hard. It is hard to uh, to, to, to save those uh, at that level. Yeah, I, there, there's just a particular phrase that has become a cliche in football uh, over the last sort of ten years, which is the corridor of uncertainty. <laughs> and uh, I, I, you know, if you whip a ball in at pace, um, in there, and someone gets um, a head, an arm, 
Yeah. An elbow, well, a backside on the first, I think they only won in the first half, didn't they? A free kick yeah. that uh, went past everyone. Edison decided, oh, oh sugar, I better, I better get a hand on this and put it out wide. But uh, yeah, you just don't, you just don't quite know, dear. And KDB is obviously the expert. Mm-hmm. Well, before we uh, talk about other significant moments at this particular point, I think we're probably in a good position to see where Haaland's at in his development. Now, obviously he had that 20-minute cameo in the game before where he played the air shot and everything. And since that, between then and now, there's a lot of reports about whether he's unhappy, whether he's going to be sniped by by Real Madrid. And they actually, they actually the, a lot of the journals, they hark back to something Alfie Haaland said two years ago. When he said, well, you know, we could, he could do a couple of years at Man City, he could do a couple of years in Spain, he could do a couple of years in Italy. And uh, and then, I don't know where this all came from. And then Pepe had actually had to come out and comment on it and say, I can tell you that he's not unhappy at all. Um, but um, what, uh, what, what, did he have any impact, on, uh, well, apart from one assist, of course, which we'll talk about. Um, did he, uh, h- how do you think that he's reco- uh, recovering from his... Uh, long spell uh, out of the game. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't say, oh yes, he did this, he did that, he did the other. Um, but you know, he's, that's him. That's that's early in Ireland, isn't it? He can do nothing for the game and then come up with something spectacular. I mean, that cameo we played last week uh, was was quite laughable uh, <laughs> because he was he was that keen, he was that eager. It, he just tried too hard and made a bit of a fool of himself, unfortunately. But you see, Ireland wants to play. But he's like he's like a little kid, isn't he? He wants to play football. He wants to be out on that pitch. And if he's unhappy, I mean, I saw him reacting to Foden's goals. If he's, I know, I know he's a big mate of Phil anyway. But if he's unhappy, I, well, I, I'm a Dutchman because he, the face, <laughs> his face and his joy, it's there. You know, it's like all of us would be. It's like if I got a game for City and they carried me for ninety minutes. You know, I'd, I'd be smiling all the time like that, even though I might not have had the greatest game. And the thing is with Ireland, you know, he, he does allow the other players like KDB and Foden. Uh, to do their bit as well because the wary of him it, it's like when Doku came on uh, Brentford had to put two players on him and with Haaland you know the, the, you can't put a one on one you've got to be really careful so it just opens it up even if he doesn't do anything he's opening up the play for other players uh, that can do something as well so it's yeah, early days I mean he's been out for a while of course, of course when a player's been out for a while people say oh he's unhappy I mean yeah, yeah he's unhappy because he wants to play football but I don't mm. see any any sign of any, you know, he'll be leaving at the end of this season. And you know, mate, if he did leave at the end of this season, it's not the end of the world, is it? No, no. Carry on. Uh, no, exactly. Give me one iota. I'm sh- you know, I, I hope his love for City is like my love for City, and he's getting well paid for his love for City and, and doing a job. But, you know, we hope that's true. And if it isn't, it's not. I'm not going to worry about it. We, we carry on. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about... Uh, Holland, he he's either incredibly decisive and a match winner, or he does yeah, he nothing. Goal, but... he? He, did, he did really at one nil. I think he, he he did everything sort of right, didn't he? But another another good save from the keeper. Yeah, um, yeah. He sort of got he got through, didn't he? he was put. Through, I think it's KDB putting through, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he he got through, and he did everything right. He opened himself up on his on his favourite foot. Um, but all credit to the keeper, he stayed <laughs> with his foot, you know, and uh, but. He probably could have done slightly better, but I don't think he did too much wrong. Uh, it was just uh, just a good save. I, I think he's just, he, even when he's not 
particularly on form, I think that he is um he's almost worth the price of admission because he's like this big statuesque totem pole that draws everyone to him and uh, draws attention away from the other little eager beavers around him, um, which uh, which I enjoy particularly. He does nothing else. I mean, that's a contribution in itself. But um, uh, we did uh, finish out the game with a third goal. But before we get on to that, um, I, I just wanted to ask you, Bernard, were, were there any other moments that we've neglected to talk about either hitherto or up to that? Well, I think we have to mention the two really good chances Brentford had, uh, two one down. Uh, let me just get me thing to remind myself uh, of this one. Uh, I think the first one, I think it was a Diaz error, yeah, uh, caused it, and of course Regulon crossed crossed it over to Tony, and he he put it beautifully back. And is it Norgard looks as though he's going to run onto it, yeah, and smack it into the goal. But Diaz, who'd made the original error. Obviously, got as he does so well, got his body in the way. I'm not sure whether Edison might have been able to get to that or not. He was diving the correct way, but uh, Diaz just put his body on the line. But in in you know in I'll defend Diaz, but he did cause the problem in the first place. He was a bit a bit of a mixed bag from Diaz again last night, and then very quickly after, within a couple of minutes, they they were very close again. As um, and this time it was Gavardio, if you remember. Yeah. Who made yeah. the block? So he can depend. They were they were good chances because you know both both of those chances uh, Edison might have been struggling to save if, if the guys hadn't got the blocking. So you know we will talk about our third, but it's key moments like that. At two, uh, you know, well, it's a standard thing. And at two one, it's the next goal really tells you what's going to happen. Of course, at two one, if it goes three one. It's game over, which it was. If it goes two two, it's anybody's game again. So uh, full credit uh, for the defence that we panned a little bit in the first half for uh, doing the business. And of course, uh, uh, we did also have um, when was uh, Edison's rush of blood? Was that before the third goal? It must have been, wasn't it? You know, I think it. One? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Because uh, he had his obviously. He came which for well, a, which he, rush of blood? I mean, I, I thought there was more yeah, than one. The one where he came for a free kick. I think the keeper took it, and yeah. he, come, he wasn't going to get to it, and it, it was outside the box. And he took out Aki. He took Aki. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> he took Aki, one of their players, out, and, and I think the commentator did say if that had been in the box, it might have been a penalty. But because mm-hmm. uh, there was no way he was getting to it, he, you know, there's not a cat in hell's chance that you know. All credit, to, and he smiled. He had a big smile on his face after it. But uh, I wasn't too sure if that that was before the third one had gone in, or, or when it was two-one. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I know, that was I, another I, Edison aberra- aberration, of course. Uh, I know, but I, I tell you what, for for the aberrations that he does make, um, I just I, I love having um, Edison in our goal because that, that he was is, that, yeah. Just look now, that was actually after we'd gone through. That was probably. just after. That would have made it three two. Yeah. 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 But he's just um. Oh, he, lovely. He, you, know, you know me, Mike. I stick up for Edison all the time. Or yeah, I haven't played every game. I would. Ortega might play against uh, York City in the second round of the League Cup. But apart from that, I'd have Edison playing every single semi-final, final, everything. But uh, yeah, he's, he's he just some these games. I think it's games where. I think I think I think the defense is probably he thinks the defense is under more pressure. And he tries to he tries to make up for it, but he, he doesn't. We get away with it usually, but occasionally we don't. But I, I, one quality that you need in a goalkeeper in a in a in a, a, a kind of a a league winning team is is bravery. That's one characteristic, and no one can ever say anything 
to Ederson about not being brave enough. I mean, he is like brave to the point of gormlessness, but um, and you, you're you're gonna we, we we just have to accept this. You're gonna get moments like that, but um, I think that he outweighs it with the other things that he does. Yeah, so All right. going, back, going back to the goal, that was a 69th minute, I think. It yeah. was obviously, um, again, I, I think he was involved in this one. I think, yeah, Rodri, uh, sort of a low pass into forward, but he dummied it, didn't he? And mm -hmm. of course, um, Harlan collected it, and actually, a nice little layoff by Harlan. He did a bit of Ivan, Ivan Tony, and sort of kept the defender off and laid it back. And I'm Phil isn't the quickest of guys, is he? But he just seemed to leave those four, you know, like four defenders in his wake. They didn't seem to be able to get anywhere near him. Uh, obviously, he got a bit of a start, and they were probably a little bit in a line, a bit flat-footed. But, uh, yeah, it's just cool. I mean, that's what you just want coolness in that. So I've seen I've seen players miss those, of course. But, you know, um, fantastic finish from Phil to get his, to get his hat trick. Someone said it was a perfect hat trick, but he wasn't because he scored both of his... Uh, two of the goals with his left foot and one with his head, of course. He needs to be a left foot, right foot and a head, doesn't it, for a, a, a so-called perfect hat-trick. But, uh, yeah, brilliant. I mean, he deserved it on the night. Fantastic. And uh, at 3-1, even, even half glass, half empty glass me thought we might hold on to this. You know, we might we might win this now. Yeah, and um, Phil, I think for certainly for two of those goals, he's running over to the same section of uh, City supporters, you know, uh, uh, to to celebrate in front of them, and he even actually did the little kind of like you know the little um, arrow pointing thing. I think for the first one, yeah. so he's 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 developing his little um, showpiece celebrations as well. What's, which what's is, that celebrate? What's he celebrating? Well, that's like you know? like kind of like fi firing yeah, well, an is arrow. It? What, has he been, yeah. been going? Has he been going to archery or something? Uh, as well, <laughs> what, what, what? well I, I couldn't understand why he did it. So like like the old Tevez with the golf clubs that time at Norwich. I mean, I can understand that where he takes a swing with his golf club, but uh, I mean, as I thought, I thought uh, as Phil been doing archery practice or something, I wasn't quite sure what what it was about. <laughs> but you know what? We we should definitely do a pod on this, like uh, one time in the future, about Man City celebrations because you can you can remember Laporte. Laporte had this oh, kind yeah, of arms thing going all over the place, and. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, you it's see that, I know he's changing the subject. I see that goal he scored the other day. Which one? The one from inside his own half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. And I think he kind of like wheeled out something similar. But um, things have changed a lot since you got the very simple uh, Colin Bell non-celebration. Um, mm. And uh, Colin Savage talks about this a lot. You know, he would just like, wouldn't do anything. I think, I think the most flamboyant celebration we used to see was Mike Shannon's. Mike Shannon, arm, wasn't it? the think, windmill. That was the break. That was the. <laughs> that was the sort of all real celebration. I think uh, Malcolm McDonald had a quite good one pointing up to the sky, didn't he? I sort of remember his celebration. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was. I must admit, when they first started coming in, these. I'm glad they don't do so much of the dancing now. That used to get on my nerves, as you probably know, all the little dance routines he used to do. Well, uh, I just want to sell it. I just want, all right, a bit more than a, a shake of the hands, but not the old uh, disco bits. I can't, do, I couldn't do with that when they were there. Well, you, you know why this is an issue, of course, don't you? It's because that um, Arsenal, when they beat Liverpool, mm. they are getting all kinds of abuse, dogs abuse for, for, for Odegaard, for they, they, they basically celebrated that, that, that win like they'd won the World Cup for the third time in a row. And I had to admit, 
I did I did see that myself. I did did over celebrate it. Um, it was it was a good win for them, obviously. But I mean, it's not like that they've won anything in like donkey's years. So I mean, you you know, just steady on, guys, steady on a little bit, right? Uh, okay. Anything that, anything else we want to say about this game, Bernard? Before we talk about the future and finish off. No, I think we're just grateful for the three points and obviously to to break that run of uh, getting beat by them. I think that's the important thing. Personally, I think Brentford wasn't the greatest tactics in the world. World was it? It wasn't. It wasn't anything super. Uh, will they get out of relegate? Will they get relegated? Probably not. Not with. Ivan Tony knocking around, but all we had to do was make sure we got the we got a couple we got a couple of goals plus on the difference, didn't we? So we're all almost at Liverpool's goal difference now, which is could be important when it comes to the end of the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we managed a, a nice victory, and we got to play him again, though, haven't we? we? Got to play him again in uh, very soon, about about three weeks or something like that, perhaps less than that. And that's it. That's it exactly. Um, so tell us what's up next for City. In the next couple of games, but let's uh, let's let's go to let's maybe run through the next three. Right, yeah, well, I know the, the next two. I forgot who the third one is. You might know the third. You can tell us about the third <laughs> one. Uh, certainly, the next two I've got summed up because I've been doing little preparation for them. Of course, we've got Everton, who although they've not won at our place for a little while, they do tend to get the odd draw, and that's that's the problem with Everton. I mean, I think they've drawn four out of the last eight at our place. Although we're at Goodison Park, we've got quite a good record now over the last few years. So you can put a bit of a spanner in the works, uh, but they've been dragged back into that relegation spot, Everton, haven't they? So yep. uh, they've got a lot to fight for at the moment. There's no no guarantee they'll get them 10 points back. There's no guarantee they might lose another 10 points. We don't, the cheating buggers are you know, disgraceful. It is absolutely disgrace. And um, so we've got them at 12.30 kickoff. So nice early kickoff on, on Saturday. So straight from work, shower and straight to the game. Uh, yes, but we need to, as I said, I mentioned goals before, didn't I? I think, we're, I think Liverpool are plus 30. We're plus 29 now. And mm-hmm. Arsenal are plus 25. So, you know, every season I can think of, we've always had a healthy goal difference, haven't we? Uh, to sort of cover us for a point, if you like. Say it might be worth a point in the final knockings, but uh, so teams like Everton, you know, I'm not, I'm not, not disparaging them at all. But these, these are the games now. They are struggling. We know they're struggling. We got, we got to try and get a two or three goal margin at least to get the goals up. Well, let's get the victory. I mean, that's the most important is to get the win. Uh, worry about scoring goals after that because Pep's obviously got the added problem of he's got a full squad. I don't think anyone got injured against Brentford, so he's got a. A full squad. He's got to uh, keep his players happy. Obviously, Mr. Jack Grealish. We've not mentioned him. Uh, we've had rumours that he's not very happy at the moment. Mike, have you heard anything about? Yeah, that? I, I, I think I could probably understand that because he's, <laughs> he's, he's not a regular starter, really, is he anymore? Well, um, you think about last season and the plaudits, and all of a sudden, it, I mean, you say weeks a long time in in politics, don't they? But it's obviously you know a few months in football. A player can go from being you know, you're first on the team sheet uh, to struggling to get a game. Uh, you know, probably sometimes not through any fault of their own. It's, mm-hmm. it's just an odd situation, isn't it? But he's just got to take advantage of every opportunity he gets and po- possibly that might maybe in the cup competitions. But um, 
Yeah, I think it's I probably put, okay. I, I haven't put in my Everton team anyway. <laughs> I haven't got him down to play on, on Saturday. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. If he does, just to, you know, show us what you're made of, Jack, and don't slip in it. That's, that's what we used to say in the old days. But uh, there you go. It's up to him to do it, of course. Uh, so let's get a win against Everton. And then we're back in uh, European action, aren't we, next week, I think? That's, it, that's the one. Yeah, we're yeah. away in Copenhagen. A few, I know it's sold out. A few are going there. Obviously, it's not the sort of thing I can afford on a, you know, uh, get to a final. I can afford it, but I can't be swanning off to these places. Perhaps when I retire in a couple of years, mate, I'll be able to get to a few more. But uh, yeah, so we've got to do a business over there, haven't they? And I've not had a chance to have a look how they've been doing. So I've no idea if they're doing what they're doing in their own league. But uh, yeah, it's in theory on paper. Um, We've got to get a good result because then, of course, when we play them back at our place uh, a couple of weeks later, two, three weeks later, uh, it's a big, I think we've got big games, haven't we? United Liverpool around about the same time as mm -hmm. the second, second, you know, the second match. So it's very important we get a decent lead so that we're not panicking and have to, have to chase things back at our place. So, again, uh, Everton, important game. And, of course, if we want to retain our title, it's nice to say that, isn't it? Retain our Champions League title. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to make sure we go over to Copenhagen and don't make any mistakes over there. With, reg with regard to the games uh, <clears throat> by with the teams uh, around us, were you surprised by that, that loss uh, for Liverpool against Arsenal? Um well, no, because Arsenal on the day are very good, aren't they? Let's be honest about it. They, they give us some help, some not so much at our place, but at their place. If if they're up for it, they can they can give anyone a game. And I thought Liverpool have been in a good form, but Liverpool away from home, they're not the same team. I don't think Liverpool mm -hmm. away from Anfield, are, you know, are the same team. I think City are far more consistent, even though we've not had the greatest uh, uh, run away this season, not, not as good as we have other seasons, but we've been winning games, of course, recently. But mm -hmm. I think Liverpool, uh, away from home, have always got that bit of an Achilles heel. You know, they can always get a bit of a battery. Um, and, of course, uh, Arsenal, to some extent, when they're away from home, can get a little bit of a battery, which I think City get away with that, don't we? Well, mm -hmm. So it didn't surprise me. Um, I didn't watch the game. I just looked at the stats and stuff afterwards. And uh, yeah, okay, a draw would have been nice. But if, if anyone was going to win, then yes, uh, let, let Arsenal win because we, we've got to play them at our place. We've still got to play Liverpool at theirs yet. So I'd rather play Arsenal at the Etihad than the Liverpool game at Anfield. I'd love to go into that game knowing that even if the Beatles were still top, that'd be nice. But of course, a, mm -hmm. a bit of water to go under the bridge yet before that happens. I guess, like a lot of people, you're not really that fussed about the th any threat from Villa or Tottenham. You, you've got to look at consistency, Mike. They've proved, they've proved, well, Tottenham have proved it season in, season out. And I think Villa have proven it over a season. There's just not mm. a lot of consistency there, is there? We know Liverpool and City can go on runs, perhaps Arsenal to a lesser extent. So you, you've got to doubt that someone else can go on a 15 15 game run even 10 15 game run never mind a 15 20 game run which city and liverpool are probably capable of doing so yeah you've got you've got to you know you don't want to disparage him because you never know do you it's a funny old game and uh, you know at uh, certain times of that game last night i was thinking oh, God, what are you doing you know come on come on but uh you, you only have to look at you only have to look at a game isn't played on paper of course but it's, uh we t our, our memories tell us, don't they? Our memories tell us what teams are capable of. And Liverpool and City 
are probably the guys fighting this out. Uh, Arsenal need to need to that level of consistency, but let the, let the others fight over the top four spot, eh? and uh, we'll just worry about the top spot. Well, I think that'll do for us, guys. Um, uh, that, that's been a, a very in, enjoyable little pod. And uh, we'll be uh, back with you after the next one, of course. Uh, we're just going to say thank you to Bernard for uh, joining us on the show, as he always does. This is a partnership now. and um, like The Mike and Bernie show. The Mike and Bernie show, exactly. <laughs> guys, if you're old enough to know what that means, then you're as old, you're as, old as me and Bernard. Yeah. Um, we've, lost, we've lost Snorbits. Ray's gone. We haven't got Snorbits anymore. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, guys. Well, in the normal way, in the hallowed tradition for the six years that we've been with you, uh, have one on us, guys. And up the blues.